0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Research and Innovation podcast at Leeds University Business School. I'm Chris Ford and I'm Professor of Employment Studies at the Centre for Employment Relations, Innovation and Change, CERIC. And I'm joined today by Professor Jonathan Winston, who's Professor of Work and Employment at CERIC also. And we're going to be discussing today migration and looking at the experiences of migrants, their motives and some of the outcomes associated with migration. This This is a topic of wide interest I think to academics, policy makers and to a wider audience and we're going to look specifically at research conducted by Jonathan into the experiences of overseas Filipino migrant workers in Malaysia. Uh, So welcome Jonathan.
1: Good morning Chris and and thanks for doing this.
0: Thanks very much and perhaps to begin with then you could tell us a bit more about what motivated you to research this issue, what's your interest in, in this area and how did the research come about?
1: Right. Well, it it was largely by accident in the in the early days. I was working in uh, Sarawak, which is um, eastern Malaysia, on the island of Borneo, and I was actually working on undocumented workers and the so-called jalantikus, the mouse trails through the jungle, um, and in the course of that, got talking to. Uh, some Filipinos who were working in Brunei, in Sarawak, and elsewhere, and discovered that there was firstly a lot of Filipino migrant workers in Malaysia, and secondly, that there was a substantial number of undocumented workers. And I was interested to find out how this happened.
0: The extent of this then, just how extensive is it in in terms of the the numbers or proportion of, of Filipinos who are migrants in Malaysia.
1: Well, I mean, it's probably as well just to set it in the context of ASEAN, the um, uh, Southeast Asian nations. Um, there are around six hundred and fifty million people in ASEAN, estimates vary from 622 to 669, which you might find strange because they're official uh, data. There's also officially 24 million migrants in ASEAN who 8 million of them stay in ASEAN and 16 million go elsewhere, UK, US, Middle East and so on. Now, within that Bigger picture, and bear in mind, you know, 650 million is, is twice the size of the United States uh, and is substantially higher than the European Union as well. So, this is a, a big population out there. Now, the two nations that we're talking about, which is Malaysia and the Philippines, Malaysia is the, the biggest user of migrant workers. And the Philippines is the biggest sender of migrant workers. In fact, it's the third biggest in the world. So certainly the biggest uh, within ASEAN.
0: And academically, then, if you think about this, there's a lot. There's lots of theories to try and understand this this is a huge phenomenon as you've as you've talked about which typically understood in terms of what are called push or pull factors so yeah. uh, demand or or supply side uh, factors but also there's a lot of interest around uh, increasingly in research around sort of networks and the role of yeah. families uh, etc so were these uh, sort of things which motivated you once you, you say it was a almost an accident that you did this research but when you started out looking at this what were the things that you were interested in trying to understand and what sort of theoretical and, and that conceptual ideas were you trying to draw upon?
1: Well it, it, exactly those I mean uh, as you say the, the cr- sort of classical economic push-pull clearly people migrate from low-wage to high-wage economies I mean that's understandable Um but it's how they come to do it, because you know not everyone moves. there's the potential difference between the low wage and the high wage, but this is not electricity. It doesn't people don't flow automatically. they make decisions. and in those decisions, families are are often involved in the Philippines, families are enormously important um but also there are networks. so we discover that there are particular agents or human agency, um, the human agency in a sociological sense, which may or may not involve agents and agencies who supply workers. That's big business in the Philippines and in Malaysia. But there's also a kind of interaction with the regulatory frameworks. And, you know, what, what we have is what Massey calls uh, cumulative causation. You've got all of these things on top of each other. Uh, And, you know, that played out in the interviews that that we did. Um, And, I mean, these were largely people who were working in Malaysia as um, domestic helpers because the regulatory framework only allows Filipinos to work in Malaysia as domestic helpers. We did, however, find people who were working in shops, who were working mm-hmm. particularly in restaurants, and even in manufacturing, in the oil sector, and of course in oil palm plantations. So you know by definition, this is areas that are uh, forbidden to Filipino workers. So, of course, they they were undocumented. Yeah. And, and so that, that's how the, the kind of story began to unfold. We started, as I say, with kind of accidental conversations with people. We then moved to um, Peninsular Malaysia and then did some really targeted, uh, selected interviews with uh, Filipinos working in Peninsular Malaysia and then literally went back out to Sabah and out to the Philippines to undertake other interviews. So it became increasingly focused and targeted as new questions arose.
0: So the research evolved as you as you were doing it. I think yeah. I think that's a really interesting uh, approach. Um, and this this idea of trying to get beyond the sort of the economic um, idea that it's simply about you know demand and supply. Um, we don't really need to understand uh, what's going on the sort of processes behind it i think trying to unpack that and explore that a bit looking at networks of the regulatory framework but also as you say these these brokers and intermediaries which may be sort of employment agencies as 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 we might uh, understand them but maybe individual uh, agents as well who seem to have an important role to play Uh, around migratory dynamics I think if we if we think about the methodology here before we move on to look at some of the results the approach that you're adopting Mm.
1: um
0: how did you try and build that in so were all the interviews with uh the 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 migrants themselves or were there other data that you you drew upon as well to try and uh, get a handle on the role of these sort of agents and and other sort of players in in this relationship
1: well, the, the primary resource was the migrant workers themselves, and in that I must mention my co-author Lizel Nakua, who is Filipino and who was also an OFW in uh, in the Middle East and in Hong Kong. So, you know, they returned to uh, ASEAN as a, a, a balikbayan is the Filipino term for a returned overseas worker. Um, so that was very helpful because of establishing rapport and being able to interview in, in Tagalog and Cebuano and Visaya. Um, but beyond that, yeah, we then wanted to follow up specific issues. So we did uh, get some agents who were prepared to, to talk to us uh, and employers. And the employer's perspective was, was very interesting. Um, you know, and it's it's all about... What it costs to employ migrant workers in Malaysia, because there's levies on, um, for instance, an, an annual levy of uh, four hundred and twenty five US dollars per head in the service sector, but all, but higher fees in like manufacturing and construction. I mean, we interviewed I interviewed a construction um, employer. Who exclusively used Indonesian workers? They are allowed to work in construction, Indonesians mm-hmm. in um, in Malaysia, uh, but they're supposed to be documented, <laughs> and none of them were. So, I mean, this is this is not a a, a kind of a rarity. This is systematic, and yeah. it's it's a much bigger phenomenon than we could imagine.
0: That's really interesting. Well, let, let's turn to some of the findings now and you give us a little bit more detail on a few other things. Perhaps we'll look at uh, some of the motives uh, of migrants and then look in a bit more detail at um, the role of these agents and some of the other issues around this. So in terms of the motives, what were the main motives that you found for, for migrants here? Was it, was it as simple as a desire to secure higher earnings or was, was yeah. it more complex than that?
1: No, the, the, the earnings issue was paramount. And I mean... It's it's related to this uh, strong sense of family in the Philippines and often very large families. Almost all of those we interviewed talked about the hardship, the poverty, the lack of opportunity in the Philippines. And all of them had a perception and I stress perception uh, that they would get much higher earnings, even if they were doing a job for which they were obviously overqualified. And often that was the case. Um, but, of course, the, the sad story there is the majority incurred huge debts to become OFW and continued repaying throughout the duration of the contract. I mean, there's in the literature, someone referred to the OFW as a low-risk crop. Instead of growing rice, you send one of the family members abroad. And I would extend that analogy and say, yeah. And they get harvested all the way along the system by agents that send them, by agents that receive them, by agents that manage them, by the employers quite often, and of course by the family. I mean, people told us, well, I'm really treated like a cash machine back home. So, you know, it's, they're not working for themselves.
0: And there's this ongoing uh, dependence. Um, Mm. I I noted in some of the research uh, that the agents are cultivating, as you say, so almost continuing this relationship, promising uh, almost that papers will, um, you know, will come to allow them to move into more regular employment if they're undocumented. But uh, these processes took a long time and were often dependent upon further money being paid to the agent. So there is this, this seemingly this sort of dependence being cultivated mm. by agents for uh, to ensure that these workers sort of continue uh, providing them with a with an income or a cut right. uh, of money
1: well and and of course the most unscrupulous agents actually charge a monthly fee and sometimes they give the migrant workers a piece of paper which they say is an employment pass it is not An employment pass is in your passport. I had one all the time I was working in Malaysia. Uh, They gave them a piece of A4 paper which was stamped by Malaysian immigration, which tells you something about where some of the money goes. Uh, And this is all highly irregular. Occasionally, immigration officials and police officers do get arrested when the Malaysian Anti-Corruption Corporation does a a sting or a a big bust, but it's endemic. This is not one or two individuals. This is endemic, and that's why it's such a problem. And of course, once someone gets undocumented, working in an occupation for which they're not allowed to be there, uh, or simply runs away from the employer because they're badly treated and goes working off the radar... By definition, they're illegal, and they're then open to so much more abuse and exploitation.
0: And what about those that are in documented roles? Is is the picture um, more positive there? I mean, are there opportunities I'm thinking about opportunities for progression and movement uh, within uh, more regular work, or are there sort of vulnerabilities and risks um, even for those that are? that are in more documented uh, roles in sectors of the economy where they are allowed to work?
1: Yeah, um, they are less vulnerable, but it's down to the employer. So some people who went in properly documented had very good experiences with the employers, were, were looked after properly, were treated as members of the family even, Um, But for everyone that said something like that, there was another one that reported we were never paid. I was never paid. I was beaten. I was starved. I mean, you know, so there's a really big range of experiences. And of course, there are the people who get tricked into coming in, uh, believing they're going to be working in a supermarket or as a domestic helper and find that they've actually been trafficked into sex work. And this is a big issue as well. So, yeah.
0: The picture you're portraying is one of around um, almost these multiple trajectories of exploitation, Mm. I think is is a a phrase that you use in in the research uh, that I've seen uh, you write around this. Um, It's almost this irregular work um, is being socially constructed. It's the outcome of um, a range of factors. It's not just about the individual decision, but you've got... um, other stakeholders and agents who are involved in it, and though, but that includes employment agencies, um, but also the state. I think you're saying here, so the state has as an important role to play in this.
1: Well, this this is the this is the paradox that the regulatory framework in Malaysia actually acts as a dis, disincentive for employers to hire documented workers. They they go off radar, and then you have this. Um, as you say, social construction of irregular work and degrees of conformity with the regulations. And, and most of the workers believe they are complying with the requirements. And as I said, they often have a piece of paper that they show you, which they believe is is some kind of employment pass. So yeah, multiple trajectories. Even when it comes to those who came illegally in the first place through backdoor routes. Those that we interviewed, no two came in the same, on the same uh, boat or the same uh, destination uh, arrival place. So clearly there's a lot of it about. Similarly, uh, one or two agencies in the Philippines were mentioned by several, but there was an awful lot of agents and agencies that were mentioned by the 122 people interviewed so that gives an idea of the scale of this you would expect you know three or four that would be dominant but no there's an awful lot of people involved here
0: just a final question then um what's the prospects for the future here is this an area where there's there's, there's talk or consideration of um of greater regulation uh, and if so where's the push for that going to come from is it going to come from the state um is it an employer's interest to to maintain this uh, situation as it is, or um, would they prefer to see more regulated, uh, documented work in this area? What's the prospects here, do you think?
1: Well, I mean, the way it's set up, you, you mentioned whether there's a prospect for them to become uh, kind of regular workers. Um, well, no, because you, if even if you come properly documented, you've got a two-year contract. And then you have to go back. I mean, that applied even to the more privileged so-called expats. Um, So the, you know, working in a university, you get a two year contract when it's ended, you're on the next flight home. And, you know, there's no no negotiation around that, even if you come back for an extension of contract. So that kind of creates a a bit of a problem. Will the state look to. uh, change this. The problem is the state discourse actually in the Philippines uh, tries to kind of obscure the fact that the country is absolutely dependent on remittances. And in, in Malaysia, the discourse is a denial of the absolute dependence on migrant workers. They are possibly more than a third of the workforce, including undocumented. So, you know, this is a major, uh, major issue. Neither country really wants to address the issue. And certainly the employers don't because it's their way of coping with tight labour markets.
0: Well, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's uh, really interesting uh, to hear this research. Uh, And thanks a lot for your time today.
1: Well, thanks very much, Chris, for organising this interview.
0: And if you're interested in finding out more about the research, please feel free uh, to get in touch. And thanks very much for listening to this podcast today.